Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 74 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama. And before we get started, I want to let you know that if you missed our community conversation last Wednesday, June 3rd, with Dr. Kathy Barton, crisis and risk manager from DuPont, there is a recording of that hour-long session in the Non-Anxious Leader Network. You can find that at network.thenonanxiousleader.com. And Kathy really had some helpful information on what they've gone through to figure out how to reopen their facilities. So if you are serving a church or a camp and retreat or other ministry that's trying to figure out how to reopen safely, it's great information. There's also uh, some guidelines in there that she's developed as well as other resources. That's network.thenonanxiousleader.com. And now, without further ado, here is episode 74. One of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make was to decide whether or not to run summer camp this year in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. As I mentioned in episode 71, I tried to slough off responsibility for this decision to our board, but they wouldn't buy it. They were evenly split on what to do. They did tell me it was a tough decision and that they would support me in whatever I decided. Thank you very much. We had already canceled our June sessions, but we were shooting to open July 5th, thinking that it might be possible. We knew we needed one month to prepare for summer camp, so we had been telling our camper families that we would make a decision on or around June 1st. And here are four things that I learned that were helpful in making this most difficult decision. The first is to resist the temptation to react. When, as a leader, you are challenged with making a difficult decision, the surrounding togetherness pressure can be intense. This is when it's important to regulate the impulse to react. For some of us, this is the inability to take a non-anxious emotional stand, resulting in caving into the pressure one way or the other. For others, it is the impulse to rebel because we don't want to be told what to do. This is my default response. And in this case, I was getting pressure on equal sides. I was very conscious that the decision should not be made based on a desire to prove someone right or wrong. I say this a lot, but awareness and intentionality are critical to self-regulation. I was constantly asking myself, why am I doing this? Is this a response to some kind of pressure? We had some very intense conversations at both the staff and the board level with opinions on either side. It took every ounce of energy I had to self-regulate. This is the reason this was one of the most exhausting periods I can remember in a long time. Spending all day using emotional energy drains you. And this leads to the second thing I learned throughout this process. The second thing I want to share about making a hard decision is it's really critical to stay focused on your mission. 
we already knew that no matter what we did with summer camp, we couldn't replace a large portion of the income that we had lost. So the decision was not about money. We had already canceled three weeks of camp and doing camp according to the American Camp Association and CDC guidelines would mean that we would have to greatly reduce capacity to be able to do it as safely as possible. My gut was telling me that this summer, kids and their families would need camp more than ever. Kids have been sequestered for nearly three months already without a lot of contact with peers. Parents at the same time were doing homeschooling as well as working outside or in the home. They needed a break. The chance to get campers out in creation, making friends and having fun, let alone connecting them to God, seemed like a huge opportunity to make a difference in the lives of children, youth, and families. That's what drove me. Even when it seemed like camp was not possible, I found that staying focused on the mission helped me to sort through the complexity of the situation. Even so, I also knew it was important to weigh the downside risk. And that is the third thing that I learned. That is, looking at downside risk is really important when you're making a hard decision. One of the hallmarks of successful entrepreneurs is that they are able to weigh the downside risk and minimize it to the largest extent possible. To me, the biggest downside risks in this decision were to our reputation and to our finances. I had checked with our insurance company and they told us that it would be impossible to prove that somebody contracted a case of COVID-19 at our camp. They also said if somebody sued us, they would defend us. This certainly minimized the downside risk financially, but did nothing to minimize the risk to our reputation. If somebody claimed they contracted COVID-19 at camp, they might not be able to prove that they did, but we certainly couldn't prove that they didn't either. By the same token, this pandemic, to some degree, has become a political issue. Not wearing a mask in public can be seen as a statement about what you believe about the pandemic. So the effort that we made to try to run summer camp also spoke to people who didn't really believe, perhaps, that the pandemic was as serious as public health officials were telling us. I ultimately determined that the downside risk to our reputation was not significant. Yes, it would be possible for somebody to contract the disease at camp, but the incidence in children is very low. And we were asking kids to isolate before and after camp to protect the camp community and vulnerable members of their families, respectively. And I knew that people who were going to send a kid to camp were ones who felt safe in doing so. I had no problem with people who decided they didn't want to do it. That was their choice. I felt the same way about summer staff. They would make their choice as to whether they felt working at camp was appropriate. In fact, one member of our summer staff leadership team dropped before we made the decision because she had a family member who was vulnerable. This was certainly not a problem and would not affect our willingness to hire her next year. We can only take responsibility for what we can control. And in this case, this was our decision whether or not to run camp. It would be up to parents and summer staff to decide for themselves if they would want to be a part of it. The other part of weighing the downside risks was the financial piece. To me, the biggest risk would be to make a decision to run camp, to start incurring costs of ordering materials, buying equipment, and hiring staff, then finding out we couldn't run camp or that we could only do it with a greatly reduced population. 
while we've been able to weather this crisis thus far, that kind of financial loss could kill us. As I mentioned, the decision to move forward was not financial. It was based on our mission. But trying to achieve the mission while jeopardizing the long-term financial health of the ministry was not tenable. I wasn't sure this was the case, which is why I started looking for stop signs. The fourth and final thing I want to share that I learned about making a hard decision is to look for stop signs. A long time ago, I participated in a Bible study where we used the book Chasing Daylight by Erwin McManus. I'll put a link in the show notes. I still recall something very significant I learned from his book. McManus made the observation that so many Christians say they're praying for God to give them a sign or to lead them as to what to do, when in reality they know what to do. Either scripture or their own sense of right and wrong make the choice obvious. This is especially true when we know that we're being called to help someone out or follow God's path according to our mission. Praying about it this way is a way to avoid the obvious choice. And while this was not an obvious choice, I think oftentimes we don't act when we should be acting. Preparing to run summer camp did not commit us to do it if it was the wrong decision. But if we didn't act at all, if we didn't prepare, then we would miss the opportunity to achieve our mission if it were available. You've probably heard me say that one of my principles I live by is to wait until the last responsible moment to make a decision. This was one of those times. That being said, I didn't believe that we should just move forward blindly. The key word is responsible when we are talking about the last responsible moment. And that's where stop signs come in. Moving forward with a bias for action also means that you're asking God to let you know if you shouldn't go forward. This is much different than waiting for God to tell you that you should go. It assumes that you understand what God wants for you and the world you are serving and that God will stop you if you are wrong. Perhaps that's dangerous, but I think it's a better approach than just sitting and doing nothing. I learned this lesson when I applied for the job I currently hold back in the fall of 1999. At the time, I was enjoying my life as a pastor and the church I was serving was growing. But the lay leader of our church was also the chair of the board for this ministry and strongly encouraged me to apply. I asked him if he was trying to get rid of me, and he said no, he just thought it would be a great fit for me and for the ministry. I think he was right. I anguished about this decision for a couple weeks, and finally I called one of the spiritual giants of the church. I knew if God wasn't talking to me, God would talk to her. I asked her to pray for me and to let me know what she was hearing from God. She called me about a week later. I was getting a little frustrated with her and God for taking so long, but I was happy to hear from her. She told me I had to apply for the job. I was surprised. But she said she heard God telling her that my time was wrapping up in that particular church. And then she said something that I will never forget. She said, if you apply for the job and God doesn't want you to get it, you won't get it. But if God wants you to do it and you don't apply, you will have gotten in God's way. It was like a brick upside the head. But at that point, I knew I could apply for the job and let go of the result. So I was at peace with making the decision to apply. 
I believe this really applies when we are making a hard decision. If we believe we are working to achieve God's mission, then our job is not to wait for God to tell us what to do, but to look for stop signs. That really helped me keep my focus on what was important in making the final decision. In the end, there were several stop signs. The state of Maryland still had not said when or if overnight camps would be allowed to operate. Day camps were just opening, but were not allowed to serve out-of-state campers. And half of our campers are from Delaware. Finally, we had done a survey in April asking our registered camper families if they would send their child to camp if state guidelines allowed it. 77% said they were likely or very likely to send their kid to camp. We surveyed them again a few days before our final decision near the end of May. And at this point, we were able to share details of what camp would look like using small groups that did not have interaction with other groups, as well as numerous safety precautions to reduce risk. The number of families willing to send their kid to camp dropped to below 50%. Some said they didn't feel safe. Others said it wasn't camp as they knew it. About half said they still wanted to do it. So it wasn't conclusive, but these factors all together were like stop signs to me. My interpretation was that they made the downside risk scenario much more likely, and that tipped the scales for me. I made the decision to not move forward with summer camp in 2020. I informed our staff the evening of May 31st and the board the morning of June 1st. We had indeed waited until the last responsible moment. Did we make the right decision? Time will tell. Did we make the best decision possible? I believe we did. That's it for episode 74. If you want to connect with me, go to the nonanxiousleader.com and subscribe to my blog. I send out an article every two weeks. I also send out a weekly two for Tuesday email with two recommendations on articles, podcasts, other resources that I have found helpful to be a non-anxious leader. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.